Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. So today, MG and I are going to talk about um, some structure and traditions, things that keep meetings, um, like things that are designed to protect us and to keep meetings safe and um, also, though, that are designed to... um, you know, keep a meeting focused on a meeting to keep the structure in there from the, you know, the tradition of a 12-step meeting. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up and talk about it, I'm going to start with crosstalk. And um, so maybe you could look up the definition of crosstalk while I'm opening, MG. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got it right here, right here. It says, uh, let's see. Crosstalk is interrupting someone when they are sharing, commenting on what someone shares, talking to someone directly in the meeting, or referencing what someone has said in in that meeting or another meeting. And like with Zoom now, that includes like the chat. You know, somebody like says, you know, something about something chat. Well, we add that in. It's not, you know, it's not right, literature. Right, it's right. not. You know, it doesn't come from FWS, but we add that in. Like, don't reach out to people during the chat, you know. And and there's a lot of different reasons for including crosstalk. Um, And we include most of the meetings here in Houston have a phrase, a sentence where we say, you know, there is no crosstalk. Crosstalk is defined as, and then what MG just read. So one of the way that one of the reasons this came, this practice came into being, it was years ago. I only was in here maybe two years, and there was a huge um, meeting on Monday night, um, a women's meeting. We only had women's meetings back then, and um, there was a group of women who uh, there, there was a small group of women who wanted to eliminate. They wanted to put in that that you can't laugh that laughing is part of crosstalk and so no laughing in a meeting and the way that it came up is because someone someone had shared something one of these women had shared something probably very vulnerable and personal and someone laughed in the meeting now they could have been laughing about they could have been looking at their phone or somebody could have said something but the woman took it as they were laughing at her so there was this big push to, you know, we're going to eliminate laughing from meetings. And I was, I, I put on my lieutenant gear. I was like, no, I am champion this. We are not going to give up laughing. It took me so long because when I first came in, 
I didn't think anything was fucking funny. And I was like, I remember sitting in meetings and just going like, will I ever laugh again? These women are not funny. These, that's not funny. And then I was at this point where I felt, um, I was starting to feel that happy, joyous, and free on occasion and laughing and cracking up with women in meetings and feeling friendships and closeness. And I didn't want to lose that. And um, I also was a regular member at AA meetings and we didn't, um, you know, crosstalk wasn't, that was not crosstalk. Laughing, we laughed in meetings. It was part of it. And so I was, you know, I really wanted to work hard at not, um, at, at sticking to the principles, at sticking to the traditions and, and um, following the mothership, you know, where all of these things came from and not adding stuff to them and making it more and more rigid, you know, no laughing in a meeting. That just felt so horrible to me. Um, and then I had one other thing to share about this, that um, when I was going to AA meetings, there was this, um, there was this guy, they were COVID meetings downtown at the cathedral. And um, there was this guy, his name was Fred O. And I can say who, his name, who he is because he's passed away. And Fred O, um, I remember being at this meeting with him and somebody would share something and Fred O would go, that's fucking crosstalk. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Exactly. I was just like terrified he was, that he would ever do that to me, you know. He, he was the self-appointed crosstalk police. He was, yes. And he had this he was huge and he rode a, a motorcycle and he had a big beard and this big voice and, and I was just like, Whoa, I'm not I'm not I don't want to piss Fred off. But um, you know, that and so that was another area of crosstalk that I really wanted to avoid. But I knew that what that laughing was not a part of crosstalk and I didn't want to eliminate it. Well, Elizabeth, all of these rules or framework or whatever it is, like you were saying, it's to keep us safe, but we're also human beings being out in the world having an experience and we can't protect against everything. And I agree with you that laughter has just gone a little bit too far and whoever that chick was, I would have made a beeline for her after the meeting now. I mean, maybe not back in the day. I would have just fled the conflict. But I would have said, listen, try to be a little bit more, you know, kind and gentle. I would have given her a correction. And I usually don't do that. But when I see that it's impacting someone or it's a cruel thing, it's like I'm going to, I, I want to shut that shit down. I have no tolerance for that kind of behavior but that's sort of like you know a sponsor telling a sponsee is giving a suggestion or others giving us suggestions you know I love that phrase though from Al-Anon and we talked about this earlier you know what someone thinks of me is none of my business right so this kind of violates that a little bit but I do feel very protective of our fellowship and I feel like I do want to um you know, hold it in a sacred place and not allow any shenanigans. And so all of these things are uh, drawn for that. But listen, one of my most horrific AA meetings I ever went to, you know, I was going up to Landa sporadically and it'd probably been like a month before I'd been there. And I went to this Saturday morning meeting 
and I was talking about like a situation that had come up that was very traumatic to me and I shared first and I want you to know that every other person after me talked about me and were saying looking at me pointing their finger at me well you know I haven't seen you at a meeting you said this happened last week where have you been you know that kind of bullshit I felt so attacked there was one guy at the end of course, I never went back to that meeting again, and that's the potential of crosstalk is that we can alienate people. Right. We can really hurt somebody. Yeah. So I never went back to that meeting again. And then also I heard at a meeting one time there was someone that was going off on something, and he was newly sober, and I mean, this, you know, they don't have timers in some AA meetings, and I mean, this man was going off. I mean, he must have just had a rant for like 12 minutes talking about everybody, and at the end of it, everybody was laughing and saying, keep coming back, you know? They were just like kind of letting that behavior be. So I think there has to be somewhere in there where we can allow this stuff and encourage people to keep coming back and getting the message and then where we can shut it down and well, so i think all of this stuff is subject to interpretation you know i mean it has to be because it isn't really black and white you know our acting out our withdrawal our sobriety is all subject to interpretation and there is no real black and white about crosstalk you know like if i if I say in a meeting, um, this is actual crosstalk. Thank you, MG, for calling on me. Using your name and thanking you like that is that technically, yeah, exactly. So, right. do we want to, you know, do we want to eliminate that? It's just open to interpretation. I think each meeting sort of decides what you know, what they want to do with it and what's okay and what's not. Well, and I know people in our, in our meeting where they will call it out. They'll do a Fred and they'll say, that is crosstalk. Please stop. Please stop talking. And I love that. I love those champions. And I feel that... Pulling a Fred. <laughs> pulling a Fred. That's what we'll call it from now on. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, for example, the, the meeting that you were talking about where someone shared and someone laughed... Is the person sharing, were they offended, or they could have given a care less? No, you they know? were the one that said we shouldn't laugh in meetings. Oh, okay, I got because they were tender about it. Yeah, I get it. And then I'm the one jumping up, wanting to be the Al-Anon and rescue and, like, caretake and, like, go over and, like, you know, smooth ruffles and, you know, call out people. So, you know, I have to watch those character defects and tendencies for me to do that. But I feel that sometimes it can be crosstalk and I feel like I want us to have those self-appointed crosstalk monitors that can call it out and stop it because that holds the integrity of the meetings and that's why we have the, the traditions and that's why we do have um, all these things and um, you know it came up for me recently where someone was questioning us about our tradition that we felt like and it, and it was an email that I send out about the um, speaker meeting that we have when they come up and I find out about it and they felt like we were might be rebranding SLAA to Sober Sisters Talk and they they so I was like 
first of all, my feelings were hurt. That was the first piece of it. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm really violating it, I need to not violate it. So I needed to look at it clearly because if a, a friend of mine or someone in the program is calling me out on something, you know, there's a phrase in AA, it says contempt prior to investigation. And I don't want to do that. So in the state of grace, they have a, a little um, thing on uh, the sixth tradition on December 17th, page 352. And the sixth tradition says an SLAA group or SLAA as a whole ought never to endorse, finance, or lend the SLAA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from the primary purpose. And it says, we have one goal and focus, Tradition 5. Each group has one primary purpose, to carry the message to the sex and love addict who still suffers. The fellowship has more of a chance of survival and can help more people. Addicts, especially sex and love addicts, tend to want to be all things to all people. That's why we need boundaries that are clear. No matter how great the cause, we don't endorse, finance, or lend the SLAA name. Addicts often have a lot of bad ideas and waste a lot of time debating whether they are bad ideas or not. Even if we put our money and time into worthwhile endeavors, we are still taking resources away from our primary purpose. Um, so I'm going to stop there. There's more in it. But, you know, that I thought about what we do here in Sober Sisters and it's rare that we, in the meeting, talk about our podcast. We might mention it in passing. We might say, this speaker will be on the podcast. But I feel like we do a good job of not promoting our podcast. Now, it's a reverse on this end. Like, this is and the our podcast. our podcast also does not have SLAA in it. That's right. That's right. It's worth talking about all forms of sobriety, and we do talk about that. Right, and our podcasts are free. Our meetings are free. And we're not getting any money from it, you know? Nobody is. I <laughs> not mean... Not even FWS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, we have to pay, you know, we do uh, pay some out-of-pocket costs. Right. Uh, you and I do, just to keep it sustained, you know? Right, and sometimes we'll ask for donations, and I feel like that's okay, but we do that on the podcast, not over in the meeting. Not on the meeting, yeah. Now, here on the podcast, we do promote SLAA, which I feel is appropriate. So, I checked it out. I call, I call her my big book thumper. Uh, she's my AA big book thumper friend, and she is by the letter of the law when it comes to this stuff, and... She said it's no different that if I go over to the Heights Club and the Heights Club has a flyer saying Joe Blow is going to be our speaker on Friday night. So what I was sending out, even though it came from Sober Sisters, which could be, quote unquote, the clubhouse, sending that out. So she gave me a pass on that. And so I think that it's important for us to look at these things just to see and to negotiate where we are in the world. I mean... Always. Yeah. Always. Because yeah. everything is up to interpretation. And whoever read that email and thought, well, they're promoting, you know, this is a violation of this tradition. And so that it is something that we need to look at. You know, I do think it is something that we can look at. But it's also a decision whether or not 
you know, how are we going to interpret it? You know, we, the, the, the podcast does talk about SLAA and it does say, Hey, we have a meeting that we're doing, but it isn't promote, you know, <laughs> it's in our own, it's because this worked for us, you know, we're not on a, on a, you know, uh, a news in a newspaper or something and, and garnering, um, funds, you know, and income, right. That's what that means. That's what that is for is to protect, you know, the 12 steps programs, period. Yeah. from people like you know here you know come here and work this program and pay me some money and you'll be sober you know that's well and, and you know and i saw a documentary on uh, bill w and he had a huge opportunity where you know they wanted to do this whole segment on like national news it was a national thing and he said no and it would have brought him a ton of money it would have brought him a ton of success which at the end of his life he did not have, right? which is a huge shame to me, but what he had was this, you know, golden program that he helped with so many other people bring together, so I feel like we're okay, we're fine. I had a teacher used to say, you're fine, you're fine, you know, we all be like, we have a test, he goes, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, so we're fine, and I think it's important for us, but again, to examine these things what our crosstalk and I love what they were saying in there where it was like yeah um we need boundaries that are clear so well I don't you know personally I don't ever want to be in a meeting where somebody's saying where were you you know, and it's not, even if it's not directed at me or anybody that I know, because like I said, that whole thing with Fred doing that, I was like, ooh, I don't want that, you know? It scared the shit out of me. I was like, I have to be really careful about that, you know? I'm gonna be careful of that guy. And, you know, because I don't wanna be outed in a meeting. I didn't want anybody to yell at me like that in a meeting. So, yeah. you know, I, when he did it another time, like a couple of years later, I was at Post Oak and he was like, that's fucking crosstalk. I was like, well, and that's not. I mean, you're doing the same thing by screaming out like that, you know. <laughs> so there you go. And listen, meetings that I feel like degrade in terms of their attention, integrity. integrity that's a good, good their personality. Word. They usually die off. Yes. People stop going to it, and they're just like, oh, they're taking over the meeting or whatever, and they can sometimes end, sometimes they don't. They kind of continue on their uh, their path, and I just warn people away from those meetings. That's all I got to say. So uh, I think that this is a good topic, and I'm glad that you brought it up. So uh, listen. I see, listener, if you hear us practicing something that, is a violation of a tradition in your opinion we welcome the email we would love the feedback we can listen to it and not take it personally and um then for, for we'll... very long for very long i'll get over <laughs> it i'll be offended and hurt for, not, a minute. Think, for, yeah, a minute. for a minute it, it depends what it is you know it depends <laughs> on the and it depends like if it's i think for me that the, those things only bother me if they're true you know, it's like if, if if we get caught doing something that like 
I didn't think about that, you know, and we have, I mean, not you and me, but I have, I've been like, you know, not caught, but it's been pointed out, you know, this, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, like I used to love using people's names in meetings, you know, um, and after all of that stuff with the laughing crosstalk, I stopped. I was very cognizant and I was really grateful for the opportunity to do a little research on what crosstalk is, how it's defined, you know, where it comes from and what it's for. And it definitely was not to take joy out of meetings, you know, yeah. or yeah. to keep people from laughing. That no. just is not, you know, there's stuff that we say in meetings that's funny and that we relate to, you know, and it's L- never listen, if, <laughs> What is that phrase? We were a glum lot. I mean, I'm trying. Yes, to... We are not a glum lot. Yes, yeah. because we were. And I was, you know, I cried every day for two years. It was horrible. I look back on that and I'm like, I can't, I, my, my friend um, that I used to work with, I'm like, I, I don't know how you stayed my friend. <laughs> Because I cried every day. I was like, my God, what a what a pain in the ass, you know? <laughs> it took me forever to get over that, you know? Well, to, and to Elizabeth, stop. I think we need to, you know, have patience with our younger sisters in this program because sometimes I my patience kind of wears thin and then I remember how I was and then you're telling a story about how you were. Sometimes it takes us a minute and by a minute, I mean two years. Yeah. So, you know, two years, four years, five years, you know, so, so for those of you who are in that space of, you know, feeling, oh, it's been a year and a half, it's been two years and I'm still feeling this kind of way. There's hope. There's hope. And like spread it out, like increase your phone call support list, you know, (laughs) don't call five. You do have to spread the love. I do agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, my heart breaks when, when I hear people, and especially if they, you know, say something like they're, you know, having suicidal thoughts, that just puts the alarm bells in my head, because I'm just oh, like, yeah. you know, what do I do? What do I do? Do I send them that industrial I did for the carrier clinic on, you know, suicide prevention? Here, watch this video. Here's the number. I mean, it's like, how, how do we handle that? You know, I remember um, I was in this house and I was sitting in the driveway and my qualifier called me after, like I was already, you know, I had some sobriety and um, I don't remember what he said. He said something to me and I said, you know, um, it's something about loving me, you know, and it wasn't that he loved me. It was something along those lines because he never came out and said, I love you. Um, you know, I just can't be with you. He never said anything like that. But I said, really? So you want to, you want, you want to be in a relationship with me? You want to marry me? That let's get married then. Where are you going to live? You're going to live with me? You know, and I started being real flip like that and saying those things. And then I thought after I got off the phone with him, I thought about like what that would be like. And I saw myself drinking. I saw myself drinking in that thought. And I was like, where in the hell did that come from? You know, and it scared the shit out of me. I was like, because I knew at one point years earlier that if I didn't get some sobriety around this relationship, that I was in danger of using, you know, whatever it was. You know. Samesies, sister, samesies. 
you know, my guy, he was like, I was like, what has she got that I don't have? And he was like, I can have a beer with her. And I thought, you, you can have a beer with me? And then I'm like, like, what are you talking about, that? sister? You can't have a beer. You can't smoke a joint with him. It's all down the tubes from there. And, and it's not worth it, you know, especially Come now. On. <laughs> Still not worth it. No, not even with all it, that. Anyway. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. And I just will encourage you, listener, to, uh, yeah, go go to as many meetings as you can. Right now, we are in the mother load of sobriety, you know, because you can go to meetings all day, every day, you know. Oh, my God. Go Oh my God! It's like uh, it's like a bonanza, and you don't even have to get dressed. Well, cover you know? up, cover up. You know. Well, yeah. You can be in bed, cover up, and you know, get on a meeting, man. You don't have to take a shower. That's right. Or waste <laughs> any gas. Right. Drive across town. Yes, you can go from meeting to meeting to meeting, and, and you can share in every one. And, and listen, that will help. And I know that. As the pandemic lessens and people are going back, we're going to keep this meeting. We're going to keep it on Zoom. Zoom. There's other meetings that are going to stay digital. So once again, this has been like a really golden time for a lot of us in program and recovery. And right now I think I have, well, one move from Houston away, but I have three sponsees that live in different cities. It's been amazing, and there's nothing that takes uh, the place of face-to-face, and, I, and I'm going to be excited to be able to go back to face-to-face meetings, but this has been uh, a really rich time, so I'm really, really glad for that. So, listeners, there was a little bit about crosstalk, a little bit about traditions, a little bit about suicide prevention. <laughs> Just a little. This is suicide prevention. A meeting. Right, Go to right, a meeting. Pray. Right, right, you know? right, right. There's a do, whole melange. Sponsor somebody. Sometimes, you know, I used to tell um, a sponsee of mine, have you called it somebody else and said, how are you doing? What's going on with you? Tell me. How are you? Yeah. That'll go a long way. And don't let them get away with, oh, I'm fine. You know, no, really. You know, how's this specific area? You know? Yeah. Yeah. How's this going for you? How's mm-hmm. how's your job, you know? Elizabeth, that was like one of the only things that really kept me sane last year when I was so ill because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do much. But I could talk on the phone with people. I could help people work through the steps. It was critical for me and my mental health and my ability to be of service because I was really limited on what I could do. And so being of service in that way was just very, very uh, important for my recovery and my continued happy, joyous, and free plan, which I think that's the mandate of this program. I mean, you know, we're not meant to be sober to be fucking miserable. Nope. We're not a glum lot. All right. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And and Elizabeth, if you want anybody to go get coffee, where would you recommend they go get coffee? I would suggest that they go in Houston to Pura Coffee. It's off of I-10 and Antoine. It's a wonderful place. And in Missouri City or the Sugarland area, you could go to Birdhouse Coffee. Both of those coffee shops are sponsors of our program. And you can, if you mention Elizabeth Pudwell and and um, Silver Sisters podcast, 
I was going to say SLAA, no, not SLAA, <laughs> Silver Sisters podcast, they will give you a little discount to, to you purchase your 10%. coffee, latte, blueberry matcha. That's what my, uh, my, my daughter loves, the blueberry matcha. Can't Love get it. it anywhere else. There you go, oh, listeners. Until next time. Bye, listener. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.